Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebia. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watched a Movie, the We Watched a Movie Podcast Network. I am Mike, and today's podcast is a video that we did a while back, uh, a series that we were doing a while back, called Horror Profiles. Uh, the first idea from this came late one night, maybe 3 a.m. or so, and Jay and I were outside talking about what we can do that was just a little bit different. And... Um, uh, just coming up with a random ass shit. And Jay happened to be on a Hellraiser kick at that time. So we decided, let's pick one of the Cinnabites that nobody ever talks about. And let's just go deep inside of him. That sounded wrong. I meant deep inside of his character and him as a person. Uh, you know, the Cinnabites are always, they just show up, they look creepy. But I always remember Jay had those toys in his room on his wall. And, uh... They all had these crazy-ass stories to them. So what we did was we decided to go with one of the Cenobites, which you'll see here today, Chatter. As Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebia. I'm a liar. This is the wrong podcast for that. I am sorry. What I meant to say was, the first one we did was for Chatterer. That's not this one. The first one we did was for Chatterer, and uh, I'm not going to edit that. Um, the first one we did was for Chatterer. I went deep inside of him, and then uh, we decided to keep doing that with more horror characters. And as it was Halloween month at the time, Dr. Loomis came up. So we did a deep dive into Dr. Loomis, and the way we did that is... I go back and I do all the research I can and I pull literally every timeline event I can from every single movie, from every single novel, comic book, all the stuff, the lore of the character. And then we try to piece it together and explain as much about that character as we can. The stuff that general public doesn't really know about uh, for the most part. A lot of stuff that huge horror fans will probably know, astute people like you uh, and the eight people listening to this podcast right now will know some of it, but I thought it was fun to go back and just just co just color in all the lines, you know, from top to bottom, just scrub that bitch clean and get every bit out of the character of Dr. Loomis as we could or whichever character we're doing at the time. Now, what was found out after we started doing these podcasts is that there was a crazy amount of work that's involved with them, doing the horror profiles. We did a few of them. Um, I believe we did Chatterer. Uh, we did one which was The Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. And we did one that was Dr. Loomis. Um, and I hate to wave a white flag on it, and we haven't. We still plan on keep doing it. Jay brings them up all the time. The problem is there, you know, there's several hours of research that goes into these. And then uh, the filming, it's no problem. Uh, we just run through it and do it almost almost unedited, I'm pretty sure, for the most part, because I have all the notes already pre-done and everything. But And we just go through it, and I, I give the pointers, and then Jay gives his his uh, opinion on each one and as we go along. Uh, so shooting it's not hard, but the editing it for YouTube was very hard because you had all of this dialogue, and then going through in like a 45-minute, whatever it was, however long it was, going through there... 
and adding the pictures or explaining or what's going on and feeling that that visual took forever. So between the between the damn the research with it was probably my favorite part of doing the whole thing because uh, I'm just a completist and I really love to like I said scrub inside of all those lines. I don't even know what that's not even a that reference doesn't even make sense. I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck my face with an aardvark. But I love doing the research part of it. Uh, filming it was fun. The editing it kind of sucks. But now that we're getting the podcast started, maybe it's time to bring it back a little bit. I think as a podcast, it could work much, much better. So uh, I think that, and I, I'm just now realizing this as I'm talking to you guys, uh, I think that could be a good idea. But uh, what I am starting to do, uh, as you'll see here, is I'm starting to go back to older videos and turn them into podcasts and upload them on the podcast for people who maybe uh, – didn't know about that video maybe bring it back to life somewhat a little bit and for people who are driving you know the longer form videos and stuff like that a dog just ran by my window that's not mine that was weird and then and he barked um but i'm really thrown off by this fucking dog you guys anyways what was i talking about um yeah i went on the patreon today and i said hey which which podcast should i put up today what what's your all's thoughts on it i want to give a shout out to kevin chappelle who's an awesome dude kevin chapel my bad dude um kevin chapel who's who's a rad dude super awesome guy and uh an awesome patreon he's always been awesome to us and uh, we really appreciate you man and it was the first comment that came up i said hey which one should i grab which one do you think would make an interesting podcast bam right on fucking top of it was kevin uh with a kick-ass choice so i think that this works great as a podcast and you know if we do continue to do these you can thank kevin chapel because uh you know i we just had that idea here and i think that podcast is a great way to bring that back to life so without further me talking shit i'm gonna go see what this dog's about maybe he'll let me uh pet him uh that would be awesome or maybe i'll get rabies but you know i hope you guys enjoy this uh, our deep deep deeper and deeper dive into the great character of dr loomis with little snippets it's really fun i had jay read out uh sometimes when i would quote something dr loomis said as jay was sitting next to me while we were recording it i would point to the screen and have him yell out those parts as dr loomis so you actually get some jay as dr loomis in here so that's pretty fun uh but thanks kevin thanks patreons thanks uh, podcast listeners thanks youtube guys you guys are awesome and this is really fun and i hope everybody's having a good time with the podcast so i'm gonna shut the fuck up and let you hear it Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. This is Horror Profiles, Dr. Loomis. It keeps getting better every single time I hear it. Why not the scream into the microphone, Mitchell? I don't know, because it was in front of me. <laughs> okay, so guys, what we do with Horror Profiles is usually we do lesser-known horror characters. That's the whole idea behind the show. Give you a, give you some extra backstory you may not have known. The first one we did was Shatter from Hellraiser. Oh, Dr. Samuel Loomis. He was born in 1918. God damn. He's very old. Um, he's that was uh, the year that you lost your virginity. He's been played both by the great uh, uh, Donald Pleasance and also Malcolm McDowell, who Malcolm did, he did a great job as Loomis. Uh, First one. Rob Zombie. He still did a great job as Loomis in H2, but Rob Zombie fucked the character up. Yeah, that character got dumb as shit. All the badness was in the writing. But yeah, so he was born in in, uh, in 1918. He's a doctor at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. I know it well. He's a loner who thrives on the countryside. Ah. He enjoys whiskey straight from the bottle. Does not smoke anymore, but will accept cigarettes. And his medication of choice, as we all know. That's weird. Yeah, he never did smoke, but he always played with cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His uh, medication of choice is, of course, Thorazine. 
That's uh, the idea. <laughs> now, uh, when Michael Myers, as a six-year-old boy, randomly stabbed his sister Judith to death, through four-hour-a-day sessions, Loomis tried to understand the reasoning behind what Michael had done, and in the end concluded he was pure evil. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Once he realized he couldn't help Michael, he dedicated his Damn, life... Damn, I love plays. <laughs> he dedicated his life to keeping him from hurting anyone else and keeping him locked away. You fooled them, haven't you, Michael? But not me. Got them, you bike! However, on Michael's 21st birthday, he was due to stand trial in his home county, and Loomis was charged with the task of transferring him, planning to do so with a heavy dose of Thorazine. He took Mrs. Chambers along with him, who didn't understand when she got to the fucking sanitarium that they weren't allowed to just roam the 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 place. I, I remember that scene in the movie too, because she was like, "He won't even be able to stand up." And Charles like, "That's the idea." Yeah, I'm gonna pump that bitch full of Thorazine. That would knock a horse out, but not Mike. <laughs> and it's so stupid too, because they go to transfer him on Halloween night. They always do. They, like, they always, always do. That, that's the tropes of every. Like even in the 2018 Halloween, they transferred him on Halloween night. Take that motherfucker on Valentine's. Yeah, well, Day, it was know? the only time the bus schedule was available. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, but before uh, Michael escapes before he gets there letting out the other inmates as well steals his car uh, leaves him stranded and that begins the babysitter murders of 1978 a little cool thing if you guys notice in that scene as well uh, when they're driving around uh, when Michael smashes the window it's a wrench in the actor's hand that smashes that window that's pretty cool hard to see he was doing some construction work for Bob the Builder death has come to your little town sheriff now, in the events of 1978, no one believes Dr. Loomis about Myers until bodies start showing up in Haddonfield. He finally tracks Michael down, shoots him six times off the balcony, but when Loomis checked the ground beneath, Michael was gone. That's badass. That continues into the events of Halloween 2, 1981, where Loomis comes down to check on Michael. He's gone. The neighbor comes out and says, is this some kind of prank? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is, bitch! <laughs> Loomis also begins to realize Michael Myers is not only evil, but possibly supernatural. I shot him six times! I shot him in the heart! But he's not human! <laughs> Still hot on the shape's trail, uh, he's ordered to leave the city of Hattonfield by the governor. Now let's take the doctor, the one guy who has some control over his psyche, and force him to fucking leave town. I think it was uh, more of a PR thing, rather than... Because they knew that if he was out there, and that if the media got a hold of Dr. Loomis, then Dr. Loomis being kind of on edge at the point, he might just spill the beans on Michael Myers. You know what he was afraid to do? He was Wear G-strings. He was afraid Loomis would cause a chaos scene. Ah. <laughs> I will cause a chaos scene! <laughs> that, that's actually not a Loomis line. I know, but it should be. I added that in there because we went to Scarefest one year, and we, we walk in, I'm dressed as Michael, Jay's dressed as Loomis, and we walk in, and Jay goes, I will cause a chaos scene! <laughs> <laughs> it seems like what a Loomis would say, though, if he was pissed off, they keep driving him. It was one of the funniest moments of my entire life. Oh, uh, when Loomis hears sad. from his friend Miss Chambers that Lori was Michael's sister, he, Loomis puts a gun to the policeman, forcing him to take him back to the hospital where Lori is. Uh-huh. When they get to the hospital, Michael uh, is again confronted with Loomis. They, the face-off ends up in an operating room. Michael then stabs Loomis in the stomach with a scalpel. Loomis gets back up, still manages to get up, and he releases the oxygen and ether into the operating room. Once Lori has reached a safe distance, Loomis tells Michael... It's time, Michael. 
Come for your fruity pebbles. <laughs> Lewis lights a lighter, exploding them both together. A monster and a And again, if that was the end of it, I'm glad it wasn't, but if that was the end of it, the, the Van Helsing character going out with the, with the monster that he'd been chasing his entire career, I'd have been happy with it. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't because I love the sequels, but... It, that ending was fucking awesome. Yeah, Loomis, Loomis took on the ultimate sacrifice on that one. Um, so uh, th- that leads us to Halloween 4. Which, by the way, I want to point out, that there was a question at some point, uh, I saw it on Facebook, and somebody asked... You know why isn't there any final guys in horror movies? There's all all talk about final girls. Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously a final girl of the Halloween series, but in a, in some way, would you consider Doctor Loomis being the quote unquote final girl kind of or final guy in Halloween too? Absolutely, since he's the one that ultimately makes, like you said, the the sacrifice to take Michael down. Yeah, and for once, he doesn't die in the first sequel like right. they do so many times in these. What was that? Was that a soda pop? <laughs> that was a. That was a sodi pop. That was Asian D. Oh, Asian D. <laughs> In honor. You are uh, not a part of my friendship. <laughs> so that takes us to Halloween 4. Uh, right now, guys, we're just going through the movies and what happens to Loomis' character along the way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get deeper into his backstory and some of the other stuff that happened to him as well. But in the events of Halloween 4, Loomis returns, apparently surviving the ordeal of H2, the explosion, which makes no fucking sense. But we love Dr. Loomis, so we're okay with that. Yeah, he did. I mean, he got exploded like from fucking Black Ops 2 exploded. Like, I don't know. Napalm in the morning exploded. <laughs> My memory goes back 12 years. Uh, so, uh, he, he's, uh, Michael has returned to Kiel after escaping the hospital when they're trying to transport him once again right before Halloween night. Um, Loomis hears of his escapes and starts to head towards Haddonfield. On his way, he stops at a gas station to take a dump. <laughs> he doesn't really, but he stops at a gas station along the way. That's where he runs into Michael and the classic, uh, classic gas station scene happens. Yeah. Dr. Loomis pleads with Michael and then attempts to kill him. Mike, why now? You waited ten years. I knew this day would come. Don't go to Haddonfield. If you want another victim, take me in the butt. But leave those people in peace. Please, Mike. God damn you! <laughs> we always think that he says, God damn you, Michael, but he doesn't. I know, but it just, Which, it, it, he should have said, that's kind of, he should have said, God damn you, Mike. It's kind of taken on its own, um, its own thing, thing with yeah. us. So we fucked that up once, and now it's forever yeah, and It's forever. Uh, Loomis, uh, then, after the explosion scene at the gas station, Bass, in one of the best scenes of the it's entire awesome. franchise, amazing. Loomis decides that he has to take off after Michael on foot. When the explosion perfectly knocks out also all telecommunications because it takes out that pole. Michael's smart. He, knows he knew randomly doing. he could just pull that down. <laughs> um, yeah, so Loomis leaves. He, he's, he's walking on foot. He'll do anything to stop him. And at that point, a group of cheerleaders and jocks pulls up in a weird scene. And they're like, yeah. come on, let's go, old man. He's like, I'm coming. And then all of a sudden, they just leave him in the dust. But then you get one of Loomis's few friends that he makes along the way. Because everybody hates Loomis. I mean, they could have made a TV show called Everybody Hates Chris. I don't know why they did, though. I guess it's just because of what he represented. Like, to see him, you knew... Like, the town of Haddonfield knew what he represented. And they all blamed him. Everyone blamed him for letting Myers escape. But as you can see in the I scene, like that. Well, in Halloween, too, I guess. He's like, God damn you for letting him out again. Or like, he's like, I, I didn't do it. I don't know. <laughs> it was not me. It was uh, not me. It, it, yeah, it's crazy because in the uh, some of the outtakes of the TV version of the original Halloween, you see Loomis actually talking to a couple of the doctors, pleading with him not to let Michael even get his... He doesn't even want him to have his... Because on, 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 when they're 21 years old at this point in time, they all have to have... Uh, what's I don't want to call it a appeal hearing or whatever you want to call it uh, the reason that they're transferring Michael in the first place and Loomis is begging them he's like no don't he's pure evil and they're like he's a catatonic and, and Loomis is like don't you think that he might be doing that as a ruse yeah Michael has been his patient for that long I mean I would be listening to the motherfucker that's been treating him for that long and if he says don't do a transfer this psychotic inmate 
maybe listen to him, Jim. Maybe a bit. And, and not just that, but it wasn't Loomis's fault he escaped. Loomis shows up and he's already out. And Loomis, as you see him telling Dr. Wynn in the classic scene, you know, he's like, you know... You know, you let him out. He's like, he can't drive. He's like, maybe there's somebody better give him lessons. Yeah, you know, maybe that, they did. Uh, that, that, that place is run like shit. It looks like a Denny's restaurant in there. <laughs> None of this was Loomis's fault, but he's always. He, not only does he bear the blame on himself throughout the entire franchise for Michael, he's obsessed with stopping him. Which I think that's why Doctor Loomis, to me, I think to you, to most people, is like the perfect tragic hero. Because he he doesn't get any kind of recognition or he's any kind hated. of praise. Yeah, and he's hated. And he hunts down the monster at, at any cost. And he's still hated for it. I mean, even though he's willing to go the extra mile and he's trying to warn people. But then once he tells people, like, hey, this motherfucker's crazy stabbing titties left and right, LeBron James. <laughs> and, like, nobody's listening. And then finally when they do listen, they're like, oh, it's your fault. Yeah. You fucking did it because you couldn't treat him. Like, motherfucker, I tried. <laughs> so this is why when Jack Sayer comes along, the old man preacher in the truck, it's, it's, it's nice to, to see Loomis make a friend. Um, so he gets in the truck with this guy. The guy picks him up. And, and the guy says, you're hunting it, ain't you? Yeah, you're hunting it, all right. Just like me. What are you hunting, Mr. Sayer? Apocalypse. End of the world. Armageddon. It's always got a face and a name. I've been hunting the bastard for 30 years, give or take. Come close a time or two. Too damn close. You can't kill damnation, mister. It don't die like a man dies. I know that, Mr. Sayer. <laughs> then, then they drink together. Yeah. He sings That's fucking badass, too. I love the fact that they're sitting on this country road, this dude just pulls out a flask, and he's like, you want that? And he's like, oh, yes. And like, Lewis doesn't care that the guy's drinking and driving at all. Like He's like, oh, that's fine. I do that every morning. It's no big deal. Right before. <laughs> I, yeah, and then when he starts singing, Lewis just looks at him in one of the few smiles Flying down the river. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, Loomis eventually gets to Haddonfield, and he goes, and he tries to convince Sheriff Meeker that, Meekle, Sheriff Meeker that uh, Michael... Did you like Meeker? I liked him a lot. Yeah, Sheriff Meeker was a pretty good substitution for, uh, uh, what was the Racket. Racket, yeah. Yeah, so. he was a badass. But yeah, so, so Loomis tries to convince him in one of the greatest Loomis quotes that Michael is back. Six body chef! That's what I see between here and Richmond! A filling station in flames! I'm telling you, Michael Myers is here, in this town! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Now give me the goddamn remote. <laughs> <laughs> that part was added, but yeah. Later, and still trying to, uh, to to corral Michael to do anything he can, trying to explain to these people how fucking evil he is and unstoppable he is, and he's not just a man, and this is some shit to be taken seriously for the fourth goddamn time. Uh, eventually, Michael goes in and he kills everybody in the police station. So. A, a scene that we were deprived of. Like in Halloween Four, as great as it is, like I wish that scene had been there like, when he fucks the police station up. Yeah, but eventually, Loomis ends up corralling a militia of sorts. Just a bunch of rednecks with guns, and uh, when when the guy tries to stop him, he's like, Sheriff Meeker. He's like, yeah. "You created a lynch mom." He's like, "You don't have a police force." <laughs> uh, Loomis then takes uh, Michael's niece Jamie to the schoolhouse. He's hoping to hide her from Michael. And again, we're skipping over stuff, but this is Loomis's storyline. Yeah. We're trying to stick with here. He gets Jamie. Um, he takes her to the schoolhouse, thinking that Michael won't go there to look for her. But Michael <clears throat> does show up, and he throws Loomis through a window. One of the many, which scars. is like out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Like he just pops up, and then Loomis is gone. And then Loomis just randomly pops up again when the chase scene happens. He's back in the frame, and he sh he's shows up just in time to see everybody pumping rounds into Michael Myers at the end of age four was like there? Sonny from Godfather yeah because yeah. I thought he, it was ret it was retrofixed in Halloween 5 that he was actually there he's in and around 
Oh, so I didn't see the Halloween. I didn't see him there. But, but okay. uh, when they get back to the house, Jamie stabs her stepmom. It looks like she's taken over the mantle of him. And Loomis appears around the corner and screams, no. He tries to hold a gun up to her like he's going to shoot her. And then uh, Sheriff Meeker actually stops him. He's actually going to kill Jamie knowing what she's been consumed with. No! 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 The fuck! <laughs> that takes us into Halloween 5. Which, I mean, that ending of Halloween 4, though, I really just was like, no. Yeah, no. Uh, don't ever try yeah, to don't do stop the recreation. With the dirty telekinesis. I don't like it. Uh, but going into Halloween 5, after trying to kill her in Halloween 4, Loomis is weirdly assigned to her at Haddonfield Children's Clinic. Which makes sense because she she just tried to kill her stepmom. Right, but but he tried to shoot her. And they're like, you're her doctor. Yeah, <laughs> Good job. you've got to do that. Now we know Loomis's intentions are pure, but how did they know that? Um, but yeah, after that happens, Loomis somehow knows that Jamie and Michael are telepathically linked in this movie. Like he just has a sense I, of it. I, I think it's because he just knows Michael is evil. Like he knows there's some kind of evil connection or, that goes beyond human understanding. And this is when you get really over the top Loomis, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to talk to Jamie. He's trying to get her to, to give him some clue as to where Michael is because he knows about what's going on. Yeah, with at him. this point, Loomis is, you can find me in the club, bottle full of blood. <laughs> baby. I mean, he's fucking gone off the edge. He's screaming at her, trying to get her to, to draw pictures of where he is then you get the classic cookie woman scene yeah. cookie cookie woman I mean it was a great scene and everybody remembers it but at that time I just wanted like today junior spit it the fuck out what's a cookie woman got to do with it I'm asking you where he is I meant to put that in there but you gotta do a good cookie woman cookie woman cookie woman cookie woman he's like a cookie woman so that's going on he's screaming at her he's like write it Jamie god damn you write it he's in her face the nurse has to come in and tell him to leave the girl alone she doesn't understand leave the girl alone Loomis is just trying his best to stop this from happening he's not very cute he has no bedside manner he's in this little girl's face screaming at him but in his defense I mean he's probably not like that but I think that Dr. Loomis at that point had been pushed to the edge and he was like nobody believes me nobody understands what's going on this motherfucker's still out there killing He's going to come back, and she's the only link. Like I, At that point, again, again, why Loomis is a tragic hero, because he's willing to sacrifice everything, even, you know, morally. Uh, you know, treating a little girl like shit, I guess, in some way, just to get the answers that he needs. Because to him, the, the ends justify the means. I think at that point... He's obsessed. Yeah, well, anybody in his way, he'll fucking crush you, walk over you, shit in your mouth. He doesn't care. He needs to kill Michael and stop him for good. I mean, that's it. And I think that deep down, Dr. Loomis always knew that the only way to stop Michael, it, it was ultimately going to cost his own life. And it adds to his tragedy, too, because you got this little old man running around with scars all over his face, screaming in little girl's faces, but he's really trying to do the right thing, but there's no way anybody can possibly understand yeah. that. And eventually he makes sort of the ultimate sacrifice, because when Michael uses, or when uh, Loomis uses Jamie to get Michael uh, back to the house, he uses her as bait. He eventually traps Michael with a steel net. He shoots. Uh, he shoots the uh, tons of tranks. Yeah, the trank darts into him, which is a great plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not to murder him, but to capture it. Loomis actually pulls off. The That's plan. always weird to me. Do you think, in some way, that Loomis, despite wanting to stop Michael, that there was some kind of holdback that he didn't want to actually kill him? We'll get into that too, because that that gets changed <laughs> a little bit in the 2018 storyline. But um, as we move forward, that like he 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 actually stops Michael. He, he figures out how to at least stop him, maybe not to kill him, but stop him. He puts the gate on him. He shoots him with the tranks, and then he's beating him with the two by four. And it's so crazy that Loomis is actually he's hitting him. He's screaming, "Die, Michael, die!" Yeah. He he actually has a stroke right there. Falls on top of Michael. Which I, that should have been it. Like I thought that was it. That like, that would have been the coolest way to go out ever. Like killing it, Michael. It, yeah, it would have been so poetic. But 
that's not what happens. Or, I mean, is it more poetic, though, than the Halloween 2, though, with blowing it's, up? With it's more other. personal with the 2 by 4 It is. But, you know. I mean, I feel like we're, we're discussing how to kill somebody. It's like, what's more personal to you? Like, I like to blow people <laughs> up, but I like to be in their face as well. Like, I feel like it's more romantical link. Which is why Halloween 5 is four. our favorite technical, it's not his death, but it's our favorite it's, it's technical about, yeah. Michael Myers fucking great. death scene because it's so one-on-one and personal the way it happens. But he doesn't die there. We move on to the events of the curse of Michael Myers. Now, there's two Loomis storylines to go with here. In this one, the theatrical version, Loomis... And, a lot of them are the same, but a lot of the stuff in here is the same. A couple differences, but in both versions, Lewis lives in the countryside of Haddonfield. I thrive on this. Is he in? Is it the countryside? I thought he lived further away. No, he's like on the outskirts oh, okay. of Haddonfield. So uh, Doctor Wynn shows up, tries to get Loomis to come out of retirement to, to take over the hospital again. He declines with the uh, uh, you know it's not wise to play tricks on an old man. On you should know it's not wise to play yeah. Halloween tricks on me. Two they, old friends. Yeah, he they uh, and I like Loomis has some whiskey in there too. I know They're he's drinking all the time. Together. At that point, he's Tom Atkins from Halloween Three. He's like time for a drink. Yeah, it's getting late. Time for I could use a drink. Uh, but yeah, they, they move on. They hear Jamie crying at the radio station. Loomis finds the body of Jamie, which, it, dude, one of these days we're going to do one of these for Jamie, and it's going to be the saddest shit ever. Her storyline is so sad when you go back and look at it. But um, they, he finds her body. He he runs into Tommy Doyle, as you know, from, uh, from we Paul Rudd. Did, Loomis didn't find her body. Loomis was there. Oh, he was there. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was called in. Right. Because they uh, had, uh, that was the first time, by the way, you can see the arts and crafts of Myers because he has the... Uh, the fucking symbol of Thorn on the, you know, blowtorched into the haystack. Yeah, so Loomis is on the investigation for this throughout the entire thing. Um, but at one point, uh, he finds out that Dr. Wynn is the man in black from the previous films. I thought it was Will Smith. <laughs> Loomis finds out that his old friend is actually the man in black. He gets knocked unconscious. They wake up and they're like, I feel like we've been drugged. They end up going back to the scene, the, the whole cult's lair, everything that's going on there, where uh, Loomis confronts Dr. Wynn. And, uh, you know, he tells him he's a piece of shit, basically. They knock Loomis out. And meanwhile, all the other stuff happens with Paul Rudd, all the other characters. Loomis shows back up just in time at the end of the movie after Myers has been incapacitated uh, by getting hit in the, steel, in the face multiple times with the steel pipe from right. Paul Rudd. And just in time to rush, uh, to rush Kara Strode and uh, Tommy Doyle and the baby, Stephen, <laughs> out to the car. Yeah, and you look like, like Stephen. <laughs> they're like, hey, come with us. And he's like, I have some unfinished business. And then you get the classic scene of the mask laying there with the, with the syringe and the goo. And then you hear Loomis scream for the final time. Uh, you can take that as you want. It's more of like a build your own story at the end of that because you don't know what happened. Maybe Michael confronted him without his mask on. He looked like shit. He's like, damn, Michael, you've not been using OxyClean, have you? <laughs> uh, or, you know, maybe he died. Maybe that's what it was. But whatever, it left it up to the imagination, which I prefer the ending of that specific with just the mask laying there and Michael gone. And then hearing Loomis scream in the distance rather than what happens, and we'll get into that to the producer's yeah. cut. And they did it this way because um, the greatest Loomis of all time, Donald Pleasance, uh, actually in real life died yeah, uh, before yeah. the movie was released. So they, they kind of had to chop something together there. But there was also another ending that happened in the producer's cut. The way that the. By producer... the way, speaking of, uh, before you get into that, you know that uh, Donald Pleasance had actually said that, uh, you know, unfortunately he died, like, you know, like Mike said, but. He had wanted to do like 22 of the films. Oh, yeah. Like he said he wanted to do 22 films because I think he was like on a James Bond thing. You know, that there was 22 James Bonds at that time. He's like, I'll do 22 of these films. Yeah. So Donald Pleasance was going to keep going for as long as they kept the Halloween franchise going. I mean, just to imagine what he would have been like in H2O because I don't know if they would have. They had to have. 
Donald Pleasance would have been like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I want to do it. I, no, no, we're just going to focus on Jamie Lee Curtis. You'd be an asshole not to put him in, in H2O. And then if Resurrection, that turd might have never happened. Who knows if, if this all started when he was younger and everything could have gone differently. What uh, more? What what crazy parts? I mean, he was a pretty he big actor played. back in the day. Like, I mean, he did Doctor No. And, like, he had, like, a lot of, uh, like, and he came in to shoot that scene in Halloween 1 for, like, three days. Oh, yeah, even the great John Carpenter. Like, even though back then he was just John Carpenter, uh, he was even, like, he was nervous working yeah. with him. You know, and, and Loomis was cool enough to show up and do this little movie with these with these teenagers, basically. For three days. And, and then they paid him, and then he was off. Yeah, and then he, he bought into it. Like, look what he did with that little That's what I'm role. saying. Like, he took a small little thing on a page and brought it to life. Uh, uh, Donald Pleasance has as much claim to the success of the Halloween franchise as anybody else. I think he's got as much claim to fame as, like, someone like Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. Like, to yeah. me, he's just as important. Uh, absolutely, man. It's, yeah. it's insane Fight how, me. how important he is to this fucking franchise. But... Uh, yeah, so a different death for Loomis, not a death, but a different end for Loomis in the uh, producer's cut. Now, in the producer's cut, what happened, Michael stopped by uh, the rooms. <laughs> I got this from uh, D&D, yeah. the greatest dice ever. Tommy Doyle rolls a six, and Michael can't fucking Stay move. Guys. They escape, and then uh, Michael somehow gets a hold of Dr. Wynn in this moment and forces Dr. Wynn to change him clothes. Dr. Wynn's laying there in the rooms. And uh, he's got the mask on. Michael walks down a hallway and escapes. But Loomis comes up thinking it's Michael, takes his mask off. It's Dr. Wynn. Dr. Wynn then grabs him and says, It's your game now, Dr. Loomis. Then the thorn symbol starts to appear on Loomis's wrist, indicating he's supposed to take over the cult now. And then Loomis screams, which is the same scream you yeah. hear at the end of the theatrical cut. So it's led to, led you to believe, and I think their original intent was to have Loomis, but obviously they didn't know he was going to die. Become evil. To have him take over the cult, even Which though he did, he never. But it's fair because what's cool is that uh, Doctor Loomis never gave into it; he was forced into it. Yeah, but he started screaming like he had no choice. Like yeah, it was exactly. like a witchcraft shit. I don't like that fucking ending. I think that yeah. ending would have like the whole idea with the runes stopping Michael, and like there was some kind of mystical, magical fucking Power Ranger force to keep Michael at bay. I hated that that idea or that range of where they were going. And again, you know, I'm not going to bitch and complain too much about it because it was a fan script, and without that fan script, we would have never got The Curse of Michael Myers because the writers and producers of Halloween 5 screwed their dickhole so hard they got caught in a mousetrap and they didn't know where to go. So, you know, it was at least something original and different. I mean, they were trying to explain, you know, symbols and shit. That's why Michael is what Michael is. But this, that, I don't, I think that ending for Dr. Loomis would have been just too. Um, anticlimactic like it's, it just kind of like pfft. it's one of those times that you can say thank god for studio interference and it's a rare thing you can say that they must was this it test being, footage well, was it, that had to be no they went back and reshot a bunch of shit oh. and changed it but the thing is is that uh, that this was the original intended ending mm. before the studio got involved but here's the thing like it, it, this was the last point of the storyline like you know what I'm saying like nobody ever took this storyline any further so th this storyline ended here I basically. just feel like at that so, point you were getting into Nightmare on Elm Street well, you know, get, like, crazy shit. Like, yeah. but the thing is is had the theatrical version the technical official canon version <laughs> which none of that really matters now anyways in the series had it ended there your last shot of Dr. Loomis would have been uh, taking over the evil cult uh, and that, that, that that's was, what I'm saying I don't like that that'd be terrible so yeah. I don't think the studio's even cared maybe about about Loomis's. I don't think they knew what they had like I don't think they really I don't think until later on they realized how great Dr. Loomis well, was well you know what I'm saying is though I don't think that the studio did this intentionally uh 
it's because they cared about the legacy of Loomis or anything like that. I think it just worked out for fans that our last scene of Loomis wasn't him becoming evil. Like that would have yeah, sucked. that would that would be terrible. Um, but so at, from this point on, the, the whole franchise just changes lanes. They they eradicate all the movies except for H one and H two. And as you know, in H two O, Loomis Do- Do- Donald Pleasance has died. He's passed away, unfortunately. He's not actually in the movie, but they do create some backlog into his. They got story. a guy that came in to do some lines as Doctor Loomis, which originally, you know, I mean, he did a pretty damn good job. Yeah. To be Thompson. honest with you, I, mean, I thought originally it was Dr. Loomis. They had had some kind of, or they were just relaying or relooping the footage from the original with the audio and then just go, overlaying it on that track. But honestly, they could have just done that. They didn't need an actor to do that. But still, yeah, Loomis is gone, which is, at that point, I'm kind of like, fuck. Yeah. Would it, you wanted them to recast, though? Like, or, or no, just to no, have no, a no. guy come in? Absolutely fucking not. Uh, but you do, you do... You know, you can tell when it was too close, it's not Loomis. And you can tell that in the new movie, the new, too. Yeah. But, uh, so in this timeline, it continues after the events of the Halloween 2. Michael returns. He murders Mrs. Chambers. Uh, Miss Chambers, it's revealed that... Who's the, the, the chain-smoking nurse from the, nurse the original one? Yeah. one. It, they reveal that he passed away from natural causes in her home. He lived with her as a friend for a while, and she, she took care of him in his final days. Uh, he passed away in her house, but her, his office was also there. You also see, finally, uh, truly, the dedication and the obsession, I guess, that Loomis had towards Michael Myers. Like, there's clippings of, of Michael Myers everywhere in his office. There's there's a, a map with all these little pin marks in it where the murders have happened, and he's still tracking him, even to his last day. Loomis was obsessed with Michael Myers. Yeah, he even had a Michael Myers jersey <laughs> hanging in his office. But uh, no, yeah, you get I that. that shit too. And that's where the file for Lori gets stolen. So that's what Michael was doing there. But you you do get a nice nod to uh, Loomis in that scene as the opening credits go on. You, like, as we talked about, you get the the uh, the impersonation of his voice. You get to see his his office. You get to see a nice a nice throwback to Loomis and how he tried <coughs> all these years to find he's, Michael and never gave up, knowing that he was still out there. Because he's like, fuck, if I survived that explosion, he did too. Mm-hmm. He knew he was out there. Um, so so going forward after that. It's, so, the, here, so he's not really the, in it. I mean, no. there's not much to say about it because he's not in H2O. Here's the funny story about that, and this this is real. This is where it gets really interesting. Uh, there's another. There's, there's a short story slash comic book slash novelization for Halloween called Halloween Sam, mm-hmm. and it's all about Loomis and what's going like on. Badass. It's funny. There's this woman, Elizabeth Worthington, is it, it, in this storyline. She's someone who knew Loomis and who had loved him, uh-huh. uh, but. For, for whatever reason, they never had closure on their relationship. She moved, and he stayed where he is, and she's always kind of regretted not trying harder with him. You know, he's got all... It's Loomis, so he's, he's got... That's weird. Like, I never thought about him having a, a love life. Right. Like, it's like your dad, like, fucking your mom. You're like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> and he didn't. It's the crazy thing is that he didn't. Uh, but but she, she, she needed this closure. So she's a 73-year-old woman in this storyline. She's living in Britain, and she decides that before she dies, she wants to closure. She wants to know how he's doing. So she flies to... Uh, to uh, Illinois to surprise him. Mm-hmm. Now, when she gets there, Loomis is living in Miss Chambers' home. This stays in the H2O storyline. This whole story does. Um, when she gets there, she arrives at his house, and Michael Myers shows up, knocks her unconscious from behind, cuts off her hand, puts it in a baggie, and then she wakes up in uh, Dr. Loomis's office slash hospital room while, while Loomis is sitting there, and uh, she has the words "carry uh, carry Tate" carved into her back. That's fucked um, up. That's like Michael. Sending a message like, yeah. "Sleep with the fishes tonight, dog." <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to find her. So uh, Loomis wakes up and Mi- Michael forces Loomis. Loomis tries to save her, but he knocks him to the floor. Michael forces Loomis to watch as he gouges her eyes out in front of him. He cuts her fucking eyes out right in front of him, and she's praying to pass out. She finally passes out. Michael leaves the room. 
Um, she falls down. She's still alive for a moment. She falls down. Michael leaves the room. Now that my business is included, I need to take a dump. <laughs> and uh, Michael has to, or uh, Loomis has to watch her die. Now, when she dies, they're both laying there across each other, uh, across from each other on the floor. Mm. In her final moments, Michael comes back in, cleans up the entire scene, takes her away. Nobody ever knew she was there. Nobody saw her. Her family didn't know she was going. Nobody knew what happened, and everyone assumed that Loomis died of natural causes when in fact Loomis died watching him do that he had a heart attack and that that adds that so the whole storyline you heard in H2O about him dying of natural causes in this storyline is actual bullshit I like that it's fleshed out a little bit more because it gives a little bit more credence to Dr. Loomis you know having anything to do with H2O but at the same time I don't know if I like the fact that he had something carved in her and was trying to send a message to Dr. Loomis and then gouging well, her eyes out he was eyes trying out. to find he was well I know he Morgan. was doing that but that just I mean Michael I always felt like Michael's just a force like he doesn't he doesn't do like Batman research and like you know super detective and like I'm gonna intimidate you and like interrogate you like I it's not Michael Myers but it's cool that they fleshed out a little bit more of a Doctor Loomis story so yeah it's it's a it's a pretty crazy tie into the whole H two O but story. they would have had to recast Donald Pleasance if they had had him come in and do that scene yeah that's true so, and that's, I don't know if I mean at seventy four or five years old whatever age they you know I don't, I don't know like I I could have been like I, like again H two O to me was like. It was okay movie, but adding that scene in might have made it more. It would just change, I think, too much on Michael Myers, like right. his legacy. This also uh, moving forward. Now we're also going to talk about Malcolm McDowell's uh, version of, of Doctor Loomis. We'll, we'll get into that, but I do want to let you guys know if you haven't seen Halloween 2018, you might want to click off the video now until you have, because there are some Halloween 2018 spoilers coming up. Um, that that's your warning. Give you five seconds. Four, <laughs> but, three, two, one. Click it. What they have done here is add to the backstory of Loomis in this movie and changing up a bit. He's featured in a vocal cameo in the movie, and uh, he he's he's voiced by soundlike comedian Colin Mayhan, uh, and you get to hear him talking in in this scene where he's saying basically. Uh, he's saying that the evil needs to die. Now you assume this is at the court hearings after the whole yeah, thing happened. Yeah, it was happened, a court hearing. But it's Loomis pleading with him that he needs to, once his heart is stopped, you need to not only then wait till his heart stopped, but also in I thought that was a great, a great line. It needs like to the, die. It needs to die. Like, after I've listened to it, after the heart stops, then incinerate that motherfucker. But he also <laughs> says, by the way, he, I do like the fact that they say you have to incinerate it. Like, they do keep in the classic fact that he never really refers to Michael as him or he. Every once in a while he will in that little recording, but he always refers to Michael as it because he doesn't think that Michael is human. And actually, Dr. Sar, Sar, uh, Sardane tells, uh, you know, the, the journalists that are in the movie uh, that... Dr. Loomis was the only one that saw him in the lie or in the in the wild that saw him out there that night in 1978. So he knows he knew like what Michael does when he's you know free and clear and off Thorazine. And it's crazy it's because crazy Starbucks deputy um, deputy Hawkins played by uh, the great Will Patton in this film um, was actually on the scene. The way that Halloween 2018 rewrites it is that he was on the scene there, and he's the one that stopped Loomis when he ran outside in the yard. First responder yeah. from killing Michael. Loomis wanted Michael to die. He was going to finish the job, which is a, a huge flip yeah. on some some stuff you know about Loomis. Kind of changes the entire backstory of Loomis, right? And and the audio tape you hear confirms that, saying that the evil needs to die. It needs to die. It needs to die. <laughs> Catherine all the time. Catherine all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the deputy actually stops him and uh, and arrests. Uh, 
arrest Michael, and the deputy ends up as he's older. He regrets it now. I think but, somebody was. I read somewhere that somebody was trying to like kind of piece it together, like how it makes sense. Because if Michael did, if the original ending kind of stayed in place with the 2018, where he like ran away, you know, when he looks down. Mm-hmm. But in Halloween two, at the very beginning of Halloween two, the in, in 1981. They were like, well, maybe Will Patton's character showed up when when Loomis maybe spots him down the alleyway when Michael's moving house to house and he's still kind of fucked up from getting shot six times. Yeah. And then Will Patton says, "I was in Armageddon. Get over it," and like <laughs> smacks him on the back of the head. It, it, it's just funny to be in a way that Michael Myers is quote unquote arrested, you know, with like regular little yeah, handcuffs behind about. his back, and yeah. he can break fucking like steel. And he just let them arrest him. I don't know. It, but yeah, the whole the, the idea that Doctor Loomis at that point didn't care anymore, like he did in the original series, where he wanted—you never really knew Doctor Loomis's intentions. I mean, you knew he wanted to take Michael down, or at least stop Michael from ever killing again. And whether that meant killing himself in order to prevent Michael, or just ki- uh, keeping Michael locked up forever, you didn't know. Like it was always kind of up in the air what what Doctor Loomis felt towards Michael. In the new one, it's obvious right away that Dr. Loomis, having treated him for those many years and then seeing what he did that night in 1978, he knew there was nothing left redeemable about Michael and just wanted to end it. Maybe, maybe you know, shot him and he fell out the balcony and instead of him disappearing, he ran over to, like, shoot him in the face or something with the gun and yeah. Will Patton shows up and says, no, no, not in my house. Yeah, which he always wanted to keep him incarcerated. Like, that, that's why he went to the doctor's hearing in 78. He was like, no, don't let him out. Don't take him to the trial. He's pure evil. He's not catatonic. He's fucking evil. But in 2018, but, but yeah, they never right. they never said he wants him dead. He wants him incinerated, like in this one. So yeah, that so kind of and also you can tell. I think maybe also Doctor Loomis knew in the 2018 Halloween timeline is that when Doctor Sardane says that they've been studying Michael and he, it's a shame to see him transfer because they've had such a wonderful time studying the psychopathic killer. I think that's what Doctor Loomis was afraid of that they were just going to turn him into this test tube fucker and just study him, not kill him. But just study him for that, whatever reason. That's possible too. Uh, going into the other appearances of Doctor Loomis in the Halloween Returns script that we did a script review for on our Great, channel, yeah. you find at the end of the script, and this is a movie they wanted to to have. Made, I don't know why it wasn't. It was fucking great. You find at the end of the script, Loomis actually makes an appearance at the very end as Gary Oldman, which, which is I crazy. can remember. Is that where they were saying that Doctor Loomis has already been an established character, and it's just Gary Oldman coming back in because that new psychiatrist yeah, yeah, was the it one picks up after the events of, uh, oh, that's of right. one of the other movies. So, so there was a new therapist, and then. Dr. Loomis comes in and says you can't kill evil or something. Yeah. But Dr. Loomis is back and it's Gary Oldman. Yeah, which is... I, you couldn't have picked a fuck. That's amazing. It's insane. It's, it's wild that that movie never got made. Um, so, and then finally the rendition of Malcolm McDowell in uh, uh, in Rob Zombie's series. Titties. Uh, which, you know, he did he did do a good Loomis. The movie. first one, yeah. But so, so he plays a version of Loomis who's a child psychologist in this movie and he gets called in because the, the school is finding uh, dead pets in young uh, Michael Myers' backpack. That's where I was at me, Mom. This bear keeps been raped. <laughs> after the was mur- that in the movie? <laughs> no, it was in the special. It was in the uh, deleted scene. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, after the murders of, after he murders some some uh, after he murders his family and some of the kids at the school, Loomis uh, works with a speaking Michael Myers, uh, young Michael Myers, who's talking to him for years, which is a huge change. Some of the things we didn't like about this movie at all um, from the original Michael Myers, who went catatonic it's after yeah. killing his parents, like immediately. Um, he does sister, not his parents. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so so he doesn't remember the killings at all but eventually he ends up going berserker he kills a nurse with a fork and then goes into his catatonic state wasn't that the nurse from the original well she was something not the original she was something to do like uh, she was kind of a cameo but anyway, that nurse had it coming when she was like, couldn't be related to you. And well, why the fuck are you going to tease a, a serial killer psychopathic kid anyway that has a 
clear utensil to stab you in the fucking eyeball with. Yeah, especially while he's eating that those fucking the cafeteria Jello. Yeah. Jello. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Malcolm McDowell, again, I, Dr. Loomis in the Malcolm McDowell universe is... Malcolm McDowell did say he never watched any footage of Donald Pleasance. He wanted to keep it as fresh and different as he possibly could. He respected Donald Pleasance and his take on Dr. Loomis, but he wanted to... And, you know, like Mike said, for his credit in the first... Rob Zombie Halloween, he did all right. Like it was just a different version, more of a snappier kind of Doctor Loomis than we had seen before. But yeah, for more sure. of a direct uh, approach. And, and eventually, he tells Michael, he's like, I, "I can no longer treat you. Uh, you know, this is going nowhere. But in some weird, fucked up way, you've become my best friend." I, I could. I, I've been working on my McTitties. Listen, <laughs> in some weird, no, what did he say? Uh, uh, well, I mean, that one part when he was like, "Okay, yeah," at the end, he was like, "This will be our last session, Mike." I can't reach you. He goes, he goes uh, Jesus, you haven't said a word in 15 years. That's a lifetime. Then he's like, uh, in some weird fucked up way, you become like my best friend. That just tells you how fucked up my life is. <laughs> and then also he says, it must be lovely living in bliss. I must try it sometime. <laughs> but yeah, he's a little bit more of a, like a snappier, like, you know, Loomis was a very direct guy too, but it seems like even this guy is more of a, like the hipster version of, of fucking Dr. Loomis. Yeah, it does seem weird. He eventually writes he a best- the gap. <laughs> he eventually writes a best-selling uh, book about Michael called The Devil's Eyes, mm-hmm. about the encounters they had with him. Yeah, uh, but he eventually writes The Devil's Eyes about his encounters with Michael Myers. He writes a book about it. Goes These on book eyes book. will deceive you. <laughs> goes on this whole fucking trip. And then eventually in the end of the movie, Michael uh, Loomis gets his head squished. He, he grabs his fucking Which I thought that was it, yeah. And he squeezed it. And it, and it looks like he's dead, but he's not because you see him grab Michael's foot showing that he's still alive. Now in the original cut of the film that Zombie had intended, Loomis actually successfully, successfully talks Michael into letting Lori go for a moment before unintentionally all these cops shoot him and kill him and then Loomis looks down at Michael dead because of him sad now that was in Rob Zombie's uh, original I mean, version I don't know if I like that uh, it could have that whole director's really, cut with the rape scene yeah that's just stupid sauce. shit um, now in Rob Zombie's H2 I wouldn't even fucking count this as Loomis because Rob Zombie wrote the character into a shitty fucking yeah. oblivion at that point Loomis goes full on pre Madonna Lady Gaga meet suits and like is yeah. more obsessed with fame and fortune rather than actually treating Michael Myers or giving a shit like he, that was the worst fucking version of Dr. Loomis ever yeah he becomes a total douchebag he's unrecognizable to the character he's a whiny Rex Manning type you've <laughs> ever like oh Rexy you're so sexy he's, he's like, like hey why don't you all just fade away? Well, no, he's just like Tom Brady on Deflate Gate. Yeah, I still won. <laughs> uh, who demands fancy teas, and he, he writes Myers, Myers, Michael Myers books recklessly, destroying the lives of everybody in the process. He thinks Michael's dead. He literally yells at a crowd of reporters who think that he's not dead and ask him about well, it. Well, even like, then, well, Michael he, Myers is dead. Even if he fucking gets mad at his own, like, and so he's like, "When I want your opinion, I'll slap it out of you." Yes. I'm like, dude, it's just at that point, it's like, who the fuck is this character? Because it's not Doctor Loomis, and the way that they shift and go into Turbo with him. As far as like not giving a shit, more concerned with fame and fortune, going on a talk show with Weird Al Yankovic, promoting his book, getting mad and, and disappointed at the fact they made fun of him, and then all of a sudden he gives a shit again. Yeah, it's that, like it makes zero sense. The low point of the entire Loomis franchise is when he's on a Chris Hardwick a talk show and he, he literally gets zinged by Weird Al Yankovic. At that point, yeah, I would um, probably say my career's over. <laughs> he eventually does see the error of his weight of his ways. He's sitting in a hotel room and he's like, "I'm an asshole." Because it's random. Yeah, he just sees a, a footage on TV that Michael Myers and and Laurie Strode. Well, when he realizes realizes Michael Myers is alive, (coughs) he realizes he's made a mistake, and he runs out to the barn, he runs in recklessly to try to save Laurie, and there's two different fates for Loomis in this. In the the theatrical version of the film, Michael stabs him in the face and the chest, fucks him up real nice. In the unrated version, Loomis tackles, or uh, he 
gets Loomis gets tackled outside of the shed by Michael by bearded maskless Michael yeah. who stabs homeless him at, man of the of the tracks of railroads yeah George of the jungle he yeah. gets stabbed in the stomach Loomis does and then the, all the police officers shoot Michael then Lori who's possibly now picked up uh, taken over for Michael yeah. walks over picks up the knife and walks towards Loomis to presumably finish him off who because we don't know in this scene if he's dead or not he's just been stabbed in the stomach and then yeah. she's shot to death. By the police. I think that's a fitting ending. Uh, for Rob Zombie's goddamn abortion that crawled out of the fucking hospital, that should have been the ending for this bullshit movie. Because I don't want to see ever... I want to take all the characters out because at that point you've ruined the franchise. Dr. Loomis's character was completely tarnished in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah. That was a shit, shit show. And I don't, I don't really understand, like, even if you were not... Like, if you didn't even know who Dr. Loomis was and, like, the cool legacy that Donald Pleasant had left behind for them to play with, even if you didn't know that... And, and the fact that you take Dr. Loomis and, and tarnish him in that way, that's fine. If you, even if you want to do that. The fact that that character in of itself in that movie just doesn't make sense. Like, even just story-wise, Dr. Loomis from Rob Zombie's first Halloween to Rob Zombie's second Halloween does not make sense right. at all. So, uh, I hate to end it on a sour note, <laughs> but that first is... First they're sour, then they're sweet. That, that is the entire story of Dr. Loomis. Uh, one of the greatest characters, if not the greatest character next to Michael. In my opinion, it would go Michael Myers, Dr. Loomis. I think he's Stroke. one of the best characters in folklore, period. Like, I mean, just in well, general storytelling. Yeah, he'd be in my top five horror characters of all time. He's gotta be. I mean, no, if yeah. you think of Michael Myers, you think of Dr. Loomis. At least other fans of, of Halloween would instantly say... I mean, I know people would say Laurie Strode, but I think of Dr. Loomis before I think of Laurie Strode. I, I personally do, too. As, as fantastic as Jamie Lee Curtis is, and it's just a shame that uh, Donald Pleasance isn't around to carry on that role. But, guys, that is Horror Profiles um, Dr. Loomis. It's our longest one ever. It might end up being our longest one I ever like because he has, he's had such a storied character career in the Halloween franchise and never to be forgotten. Um, that is Horror Profiles Dr. Loomis. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. We got them you making. We'll have more hope. And got them you people for listening. <laughs> and I hope you fall on a tilde. <laughs> we'll have uh, far more Horror Profiles to come. More obscure characters typically, but every once in a while you gotta do a big one and they gotta last a little bit longer. Uh, a fucking, uh, uh, a goddamn uh, banger. Banger. I call, I, I call them, a banger. I call them keepers. Binger, banger, banger, bocker. We love your fucking faces. If you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button and get some goddamn weapon. Tip your waitress at IHOP. We watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. Yeah. You know what? We did it. We watched a movie. Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash nebia.